give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. You happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, you may be seated. I'm going to ask my wife to come up and sing a song. I'm going to try to sing with her, make her sound a little better. But anyways, it's an honor to be here. Appreciate the confidence for the team has placed in us to minister while he's away. You know, as a minister, it's, it's an honor to minister while he's, while he's here. But when he's gone and has the confidence to minister while he's gone, that's, that's always an honor. Amen. Close to you, Holy Spirit. 
give us revelation, your healing visitation, nothing else will do. that your desire this morning more of him too many people puts a period on the relationship with God but we need to have an experience every day amen if you have your Bibles let's turn to Revelation 6 and 6 I'm just a I'm a simple preacher so I pray something can be said this morning to be a blessing amen, amen. it's good to see another Oki this morning sister Alex and we're, we're, we're fighting hard feelings back home y'all are taking her from us but we're, we're excited to, to see what God has in store for their lives. Amen. Before we read, can we bow our heads? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. You've been so good to us, Lord. You brought us to your house safely, God, to give us this opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, you place a desire in our hearts to come into your house, Lord. Not everybody has that desire, and we want to stop and say thank you for it, Father. Lord, as we enter into this part of the service, I ask that you would anoint me, God, as I lay myself aside. I've studied for today, Lord. I ask that you would speak to these lips of clay, Father. May the words that you have for this service be spoken. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Revelation 6 and 6. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. You may be seated this, this morning. I got a simple subject. Could be stimulation by revelation. Brother Branham, I know that a lot of these things we all know. I know you all are well taught here, so I'm not bringing nothing new this morning. But I ask that you would just enter in with me and see what the Lord has in store. Brother Branham says, an oil simplifies spirit. Wine symbolizes stimulation of revelation. Boy, I like to run all over the place. It's a wonder I didn't wake up the neighborhood when the Lord showed me that. Stimulation of revelation. And I'm so glad that Brother Branham wasn't too prideful to get excited about revelation. Brother Branham wasn't too, uh, too stuck up or too big of a name to get excited about what the Lord is doing in his life. And I don't believe we got to be ashamed of what the Lord is doing in our life. If God's done something for you, we got a right to express our feelings, you know. I'm just going to preach this morning, I, but there's too many people going around saying we can't praise the Lord, we can't worship the Lord, we can't lift our hands, but I believe if you're born again and God has done something for you, you've got every right to lift up your hands and praise the Lord. You've got every right to say, God, you healed my body and I'm going to praise you for it. 
You know, we get, we get labeled Pentecostal, but I started thinking about it that Pentecostal is just mimicking what the bride's got. What's a counterfeit? You've never seen a counterfeit $44 bill because there's not one out there. But there are counterfeit $1 bills, $5 bills, $10 bills. They're taking a genuine and mimicking it. So if the Pentecostals can praise the Lord and they're just a mimic, Oh, come on, somebody. They're just a counterfeit. What can the bride of Christ do when they got the revealed word in their midst? We got a right to praise the Lord. We got a right to shout and rejoice because not everybody can see what God is doing in this day. But you got a desire. You've got something in your heart to see the word of God. Oh, my. And that same quote, he says, oil and wine in the Bible is associated together always. I got the concordance out and looked, and there's a string of them like that where wine and oil goes together all the time. See? So oil symbolizes spirit, and wine symbolizes stimulation of revelation. And these two work together. You can't have revelation without have the Holy Ghost, and you can't have the Holy Ghost without it leading you to a revelation. But you got to have the spirit and the truth to produce a revelation. Too many people think we got to have all word but no spirit. All that's going to do is produce an intellectual conception. Then you got the other side that believes it's all spirit and no word. We don't need the deep things of God. All that's going to do is produce an emotion, produce a sensation. But when spirit and truth comes together, it's going to produce what God has for this last day. What did Jesus say? They that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth but you notice how he said that must worship me he didn't say if you feel like it or if you want to but you must worship in spirit the holy ghost and in truth the things of the word and that produces a stimulation by revelation you see brother Branham says that the only thing that you're ever going the only way you're ever going to get it a revelation has to come from God it never comes by human natural endowments but by spiritual endowment you can even memorize the scripture. So he's saying here, you can take the intellectual side of it and memorize scripture. And though that's wonderful, that won't do it. It has to be a revelation from God. It says in the word that no man can say that Jesus is the Christ except by the Holy Ghost. You have to receive the Holy Ghost then and only then can the spirit give you the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. So you can't even say Jesus is the Christ without the Holy Ghost. Oh my, so you see the importance of the Holy Ghost. You look at 2 uh, Corinthians 3 and 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So you can't have all word without the Spirit. And what you can't have all Spirit without the Word. There's a middle line. And I believe the Holy Ghost is to guide us into the message of the hour. You look at John 16 and 13. How be it? When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Not portions of the truth, but he's to guide you into all truth. You see, Brother Branham says the Methodists have portions of truth. The Pentecostals have portions of truth. The Baptists have portions of truth, but they're taking a portion of truth and denominating around it instead of moving on into all truth. 
And we can do the same thing in the message. We can take our favorite quotes and say, I got truth, but push away the rest of the message. That's going to produce a powerless life. That's going to produce a powerless home. But you want a powerful home? You want a powerful family? You want a powerful church? Stick with the message of the hour, not portions of the message. But be led into all truth, all of the message. You see, the Holy Ghost is to take away all of your thinking so that the headship of the word can take preeminence in your life. So no longer are you thinking your own thoughts and what you think is right, but now you're thinking God's thoughts, which is the message of the hour what are prophets a prophet is a mouthpiece of God what is a word expressed it's first a thought so before you before I'm speaking these words it's a thought in my head so before we got the message of the hour it was thoughts in the thought in the mind of God so he sent those thoughts to a prophet and as that prophet began to speak the message speak those thoughts it became word form and now there's a bride on earth that's under the spirit of truth and no longer leaving out her own thoughts but she's coming under the message of the hour which is the thoughts of God and now we're making the word manifest on earth just like Jesus made the word manifested when he was on earth I don't believe that we got the message in this last day to puff up our head knowledge we didn't get the message in this last day just to show how smart we are but we got the message in this day so that the word can walk on earth just like it did when Jesus was on earth with the same signs, the same wonders. I believe we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can we can die, walk on serpents and they shall not harm us. What is it? We are coming under the headship of the word of God and it's producing the same signs. Oh my, but the random says that's exactly when the church and the word has to be one. Just like God, Jesus and God was one. Just exactly. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So will Christ have to be in the church, the anointed word to make everything fulfilled. So in order to fulfill the word for this day, the anointed word has to take preeminence in a body. Oh my, I'm going to say it again in order for the thoughts of God to be fulfilled in this last day. Somebody has to accept the thoughts of God and say, God, I'm pushing away my thinking and embracing your thinking. Man's thoughts ain't going to produce a rapture. Man's thoughts ain't going to produce a body change. Man's thoughts ain't going to bring us a future home. But the thoughts of God will produce a body change in everybody that's coming under the headship of the message. Oh my, too many people is hanging on to their own thoughts but are refusing to come under the thoughts of God. Hey, I hope this is okay this morning. Refusing to come under the thoughts of God. Well, that's just his opinion. Is that really thus saith the Lord? Right there, you're embracing your thoughts and pushing away God's thoughts. Oh, I believe God anointed. I'm a firm believer in the message. I know some of of y'all might not know me, but let me just introduce myself. I'm a firm believer in the message. So if you come to hear the message of the hour this morning, you're going to hear it. And so I believe God anointed a prophet and gave us a message, not his ideas, but God's thoughts to get a bride ready for a rapture, to get a bride ready for the future home. And it's only through the message of the hour is there going to be a rapture. 
Oh, what's the Bible say? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not the word and man's ideas. Not the word and man's opinions. Not the word and what you think is right. But faith only comes by the word of God. And that's why we needed the message. Because the Bible got scrupled up throughout the church ages. That's why there's some believing in three gods. Some say you got to be sprinkled. Some say this and some say that. All reading out of the same Bible. All reading out of the same Bible. But are coming up with different interpretations. Coming up with different ideas. But the message come to do away with man's interpretation. And give God's interpretation. With God's interpretation comes an authority to make the message live. With God's interpretation comes a power to take the message off of the iPads. Take the message off of the tape player. Take the message off of the computers and make it live. But it's only through God's interpretation. Oh my, what's the Bible say? The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride. So the spirit that anointed Brother Brandon to say something. The bride has come under the same anointing. The same inspiration. And they're picking up the same thought pattern. Oh my, the same thought pattern Brother Brandon had wasn't his thought pattern. It was God's thought pattern. So when we come under the same inspiration, we're getting the same thought pattern. Come on, somebody. Just like Brother Branham had the third pool in action. I believe the bride of Christ has the same authority on the inside of your life under the headship of the message. Oh, you look at Hattie Wright. Brother Branham was telling the stories of the telling the story of the three squirrels that he spoke into existence. He was tell, telling them about the inspiration, about the third pool. Then what happened? There was a little young lady, there was a little mama. That might not have been important, but the Branham says she barely made any money at all. But she came under the same inspiration. She was hearing the word come forth. She was hearing the thoughts of God come forth. And she says, that's nothing but the truth. She come under the same inspiration that the prophet was under. And what happened? It produced the same signs. It produced the same actions. Oh, my brother Branham stopped and he says, you speak the word. What do you have need of? You speak the word of God and God will give it to you. He says, if you want a million dollars, God will give it to you. You want your sister to be healed? God will give it to you. And what does she say? She says, I want my boys to be saved. And Brother Branham says, those boys were over on the corner laughing and snickering and making fun of what was going on. Let me say this. You want your children saved? Get in the message. I don't care how far they're gone, how lost they are. You want your loved ones saved. Get under the inspiration of this message. Oh, Brother Josh, you don't know how far she's gone. You don't know how far he's gone. I don't care. I know of the grace of God. And under the inspiration of the message is a power to speak the word. And things have to materialize. Now, I know there's some that's taking it as a prosperity gospel. Saying, yeah, I'm going to speak for a car. I'm going to speak for that. That's not the way it works. But I believe you can speak over a loved one. Sister Kimberly Ware, are you in the building this, this morning? You're a witness of what God can do through a young person under the inspiration of the message. 
That's not for Sister Kimberly, just for Sister Kimberly. That's for everybody that's under the inspiration of the message. Oh, I hope this is okay this morning. But Hattie Wright says, I want my boy saved. And Brother Branham says, God gives them to you. And what happens? The boys fall over her lap, crying, weeping their way to Calvary. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. It was a mama that pushed away what she thought was right. Pushed away her thinking and embraced God's thinking. Then the thinking of God started to materialize in her life. Oh my, that's what revelation does. It takes something that we couldn't understand before and starts to reveal itself. You see, how come this bride is being stimulated? How come she's happy? How come she's got joy and peace in the midst of the trial? It's because the word that was twisted up by men's ideas has been revealed with the same power and same authority and same anointing. You see, this message has enlightened our eyes of our understanding. We're no longer looking through man's interpretation, but now we're looking through God's interpretation. You see, you see, you see through human interpretation, we would never know what the book says. Brother Branham says that Revelations is a book of symbols. How would we know what the book of symbols said if God didn't give us the interpretation of the book of symbols? I know where I, I know this is all. You know, you've, you've heard all this before, but this is something that's become a reality to me. We needed a message so that we can understand what God has in this day. You see. Brother Branham didn't come to do away with the scriptures. He come to give an interpretation of the scriptures. Jesus would say in Matthew 5 and 17, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but I come to fulfill. Brother Branham says that Christ was magnifying the law. He was taking what was written in the past and magnifying it and bringing the true interpretation. Jesus says, you have heard of them say of old time that shall not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, whosoever is angry with thy brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. He was saying, they say of old, but I'm bringing the interpretation of what they are saying oh my you have heard him said uh, them of old thou shalt not commit adultery but I say unto you whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery he wasn't doing away with the law he was bringing the true interpretation of the law and this message ain't doing away with the scriptures it's bringing the true interpretation of the scriptures Brother Branham would say, Moses had a scriptural sign. He was that great prophet of God that went down there to deliver them. They recognized it. They recognized the sign. He was the exact scriptural sign promised, vindicated. And Jesus was the promise of the scripture vindicated to the woman at the well. Or he was the interpretation. Jesus was the interpretation of scripture. His own life interpreted the scripture. Then he stops and he says, don't you see the message? message don't you see the message of the hour can you recognize where we are at the message itself from scripture interprets to you the hour that we're living in so it takes scripture prophecies for this day and says hey this ain't something in the future this is something right now 
You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That ain't something in the past. That ain't something in the future. But that is right now. Repent and be baptized and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That ain't something for just the past. That ain't something in the future. But that's something right now. He brought an interpretation and says this is the time, the hour, the moment for scripture to be fulfilled. Oh my, I'm so grateful for that. That the message brought the interpretation. Brother Branham says, have you ever thought how great this is? What, what could you give in exchange for this day of confusion? He says, this is a day of confusion. But what could we give? To, what can we give to give up the day of confusion? This day, when people don't know what to do, which way to go, the Bible says these things would come, that there would be a famine in the land, not for bread or for water, but for hearing, get this part, but for hearing the true word of God. The true word of God, not what this one says mixed with the word of God, but the true word of God. And the people would go from east to west, from north to south, seeking to hear the true word of God. And here we are privileged tonight to see the message of God. Don't take for granted the sure of the message church. Come on, somebody. Don't take for granted that you can understand the message because not everybody can understand it. Oh, Jesus, the, the disciples asked Jesus why he spoke in parables. And he says, it is not given them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to you, it is given. The disciples asked him, how come you're speaking in a parable? How come you're speaking in a mysterious way? Because he was saying, this ain't for them. It's for you. Oh, and the same thing is happening in this last day. The message came forth, but the, but the denominations can't understand it. It's not given for them to understand. It's given for you to understand. This day, this scripture is fulfilled in front of your eyes. In your life. Oh, my. They couldn't understand him. He was speaking in a mysterious way. You see, there was many in Brother Branham's day that says he was a great man of God. He, 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 seen, he seen visions. He could read people's lives. He could lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Then they stopped and they said, but when it came to his teaching, when it came to his doctrine, he was off. They could see the signs, but whenever it came to the mysterious voice, they couldn't understand it. But we're not looking at a mystery. We're not looking at a parable. We're looking at the interpretation of the mystery. We're looking at the interpretation of the parable. Oh, Matthew eleven twenty five says, And at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou wast hid these things from the wise, uh, from the eyes of the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Oh my, I'm so glad he revealed this message in my life. You see, what did the prophet do to, the prophet spoke in Isaiah that there was going to be a virgin conceived, that there was going to be somebody bear the life of God. And that didn't happen until 400 years later, but that didn't matter how long it took. The word of God came forth that there was going to be a virgin conceived. And then there came another prophet or another angel on earth that came to Mary. He didn't bring something new. But he came and he told Mary that this is the time for that scripture to be fulfilled. 
Hope you're following me this morning. Gabriel didn't bring something new. He says, I did a little study on it. There was scripture after scripture after scripture that he was quoting to her whenever he was talking to her. Says, you're blessed and highly favored. He was quoting many scriptures. What was he doing? He wasn't bringing a new message. But his message was to let Mary know that this is the time for scriptures to be fulfilled. Oh my, he was letting her know, Brother Josh, this is the time for the message to be fulfilled in your life. Oh, Brother Branham says, the reason why Isaiah didn't say a Mary shall conceive is because all the girls would have been named Mary. He didn't say the name, but whenever he spoke the word in the back part of God's mind, he knew. There was a chosen vessel on earth that was going to take the message, take the word, and manifest it. Your, your, your physical name might not be in the Bible. You can't find Josh Martin. You can't find these other names. But by revelation, I can say my name is in the book because of the message. Oh, come on, somebody. The message didn't bring nothing new. It opened my eyes and says, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You, these things, they and all of these things, you're more than conquerors. These are promises for you. But the message come and opened your eyes and says, this is the time for a rapture. This is the time for a body change. This is the time. And you're the one to fulfill scripture. You're the one to take prophecies for this day and manifest it. That's why the bride can get excited. Because God chose me to manifest his thoughts. Oh my. God chose me to manifest what he has in this last day. Oh, It was promised that the seals would be opened in this day. And underneath the seals was what God had for this day. Underneath the seals was the book of redemption. Your name was in the book of redemption. Your inheritance was in the book of redemption. Your authority was in the book of redemption. But under the seals, when the seals were still on it, you couldn't see your name. You was just guessing that it was there. You was just guessing that you were going to see a body change. But once the seals came open, you could see your name and realize it's going to be revealed through me. Oh, my brother Adam says he breaks the seals and reveals it, gives us his inheritance to the people, gives the inheritance that he inherited, becoming kinsman redeemer, and he freely gives it to us. It all belonged to him. He was the one who redeemed, but instead of keeping it for himself, he gives it back to the people. Oh my, when Adam sinned in the garden, the book of the power of the spoken word went back to God. So God never lost the spoken word. God never lost eternal life. Man lost eternal life. So in order for the spoken word to be redeemed back, it's got to come back to who lost it. So when the seals came open, God wasn't going to keep the book of redemption. He never lost it. Man lost the book of redemption. Man lost the spoken word. Man lost authority. Man lost dominion. But when the, once the seals came open, 
Once the seals came off the book, God says, I'm not going to keep it. I've had it for all of these years. I'm going to give it back to a young person. I'm going to give it back to a mama. I'm going to give it back to a daddy. I'm going to give it back to somebody who thinks they're the lowest of the lowest. They might not think they're anybody special, but you're blessed and a highly favored. You may say, Brother Josh, I'm a nobody. Nobody even knows my name. They don't even know I'm here this morning. God knows you're here this morning. And the reason you're here is because God has something for you. The reason you're here is because there's a drawing power on the inside of your heart to be here. Oh, my, let me just say this. Before that drawing power was on the inside of your heart, there was somebody on the other side drawing you. And let me say this. The devil ain't going to draw you to church. Oh, come on, somebody. The devil don't want you to come to church. So if there's a drawing power on the inside to be closer to God, that means there's a God in this building that wants to give you something. If there's something on the inside that wants to get a revelation of this message, that means there's a revelation for you. If you want healing in your body, that means there's healing for you. Oh, it's a deep calling to the deep. What did Brother Branham say? Before there was a squirrel, there was a tree for the squirrel to be in. Before there was a fish, there was water for that fish to be in. And before there was a desire, there was something to satisfy that desire. Oh, my. But underneath the seals was my inheritance. And then Brother Branham came with that book. And he started to speak the word, spring forth the message. And now we've come under the message and are manifesting the thoughts for this last day. You know, Brother Branham says, when Moses was under inspiration, he said, let there be flies, let there be lice, let there be frogs. He says, if it was Moses' own thoughts, that wouldn't have come to pass. But it was God's thoughts. So God was obligated to manifest his word. So whenever he said, let there be frogs, there had to be frogs because that wasn't his thoughts. That was God's own thoughts. And oh my, but that didn't just, you see that the power of Moses' message wasn't just for Moses, but it was for everybody under the message. Oh my, I can just, I can imagine Miriam can see the flies coming to existence, see the frogs coming to existence, see the water turned into blood and she's mine. That's, that's wonderful and all. But I'm still in bondage. The message hasn't done nothing for me. It's working in the prophet. Oh, yeah. It's working in the preacher, Aaron. But what about me? But then there come a time where revelation just wasn't for the prophet. Revelation just wasn't for the preacher. It wasn't just for them. But then all of a sudden, she was on the other side of the Red Sea. She turned around and seen the message in action, not just for the prophet, not just for the preacher, but the message was in action for her life. Oh, the taskmasters for Aaron, they were dead. That's all fine. The taskmasters for the prophet was dead. That's all fine. But my taskmasters are dead. This morning, the message ain't just for the prophet, ain't just for the preacher, ain't just for the deacons, but it's for a young person. Your taskmasters can be dead this morning. Those complexes can be destroyed this morning. That anxiety can be destroyed this morning. 
the message, the authority of the message ain't just for the preachers, but it's for every person under the inspiration of the message. Glory to God. It's a young person that's recognized his day, her day, and says, you know what, devil? This is my time. But the Branham says, the God allotted a portions of word throughout the church ages. Mary had a portion of word. Luther had a portion of word. Wesley had a portion of word. But in this day, we don't just got a portion of word. We got the fullness of the word. What's that mean, Brother Josh? All that was in God was in the Christ. All that was in Christ is in the bride of Christ. You've got the same power to say, devil, get out of my home. Get out of my life. Oh, remember the disciples and Jesus walked by the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree and they walked right by the walk by it again. And the disciples were marveled and says, Master, the fig tree that you cursed is withered. It's dead. But then he didn't just keep that power with him, but he says, You say unto this mountain. Oh, you notice he didn't go to the scribes and the Pharisees and give them the authority to speak to the mountain. They wasn't coming under the message. Oh, but the ones under the message. Oh, what did Peter say? Where would we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. With that revelation brought a power, brought an authority. The denominations might not have the third pole in action. But there's a bride here in Louisiana that has the third pole in action in her life. Under the message of the hour. Oh my, but you look at Miriam. Her revelation brought stimulation. How come she got so excited? She grabbed her tambourine and started to dance because the message was an action for her life. Oh my, the message is an action in our life this evening or this morning. And we got a right to rejoice. Brother Branham says that John must have seen his name in the book because he started to sing a song. That book became a new book because before he didn't know if his name was there or not. But then the seals came off and that book came, came with a whole new meaning. No longer was it a sealed book and I'm guessing what it is. But now it's an open book and I know what it is. The Bible says in Revelations 5.13, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as in the sea and all that are in them, hurt I say. This is somebody that seen their name in the open book. Heard I sing blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne unto the Lamb forever and ever. He wasn't worried about what they were thinking. He wasn't worried about what they said about him. He was excited because he seen his name with the revelation. Oh my, you see, if I'd never, if I'd never seen a reflection of myself, I wouldn't know if I have blue eyes or brown eyes. I wouldn't know if I had blonde hair or black hair. So I would just be relying on what my parents are telling me. They would come up and I would ask them, Dad, what color eyes do I got? And he would say, son, you got brown eyes. But I still don't know with the revelation. I'm just taking his word for it. Come on, somebody. I can say, Dad, what color hair do I got? You got black hair. But I'm just taking his word for it. So somebody could come up to me. And say, no, you don't got brown eyes. You got blue eyes. And I would say, well, my dad says I got brown eyes. 
You catching my drift this morning? I'm taking somebody else's opinion of who I am because I've never seen myself before. But once I see a reflection, I can go to that critic and say, hey, buddy, I don't got blue eyes. I've got brown eyes. And they would say, how do you know? Because I've seen myself in the mirror. Oh, man, without seeing yourself in the book, you're just taking what the preacher says, what mama says, what daddy says. So the devil can come and say, you're serpent seed. And since you really don't know, you're going to believe it. But once you see that your name in the book, you can say, devil, I'm not serpent seed. I'm not a tribulation saint, but I'm the virtuous blood washed bride of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That's why we can rejoice. That's why we can shout. That's why we can praise God. Not with an emotion, but with the revelation of who I am. I'm not a wannabe. I'm not a castaway. But I'm somebody that God has predestinated for this last day. My wife didn't choose me. I chose her. We didn't choose God. God chose us to rise in power and cast down every imagination. God chose you and gave you an authority to say, devil, get behind me. Complexes, get behind me. Anxiety, get behind me. And every critic that don't want me to praise, get behind me. Hey, I'm going to worship the Lord this morning because I know who I am. This is the time for worship. How come everybody is worshiping more? Even the Baptists are worshiping. But the bride can't worship? How come the denominations are allowed to worship? And they don't even know who they are. And the bride knows who they are. But as soon as you say glory, somebody says, hey. Be quiet. We're not Pentecostal. Who are you? Have you seen yourself in the book? Because I've seen myself in the book. And I'm getting a little excited. Because while the tribulation's going on, I'm out of here. While the earth's on fire, I'm out of here. That's why I can't help but get excited. Oh, my. You may lose your mind in the tribulation, but I'm not losing my mind. You may lose your family in the tribulation, but I'm not losing mine. You may lose your parents in the tribulation, but I'm not losing mine. I know who I am, and with my identity comes an authority. Oh, my! when my wife married me, I don't got much of my bank account, but what is in my bank account is hers. So whenever I got under the headship of this message... I'm no longer myself, but I'm now Mrs. Jesus Christ. And with that identity comes an authority. With that identity comes a dominion. Everything that God, Brother Branham says, God will bankrupt heaven before one of his words will fall to the ground. I challenge your faith this morning. If you need healing in your body, God's willing to bankrupt heaven this morning to give you your inheritance. It's the children's bread. Oh my, what's the Bible say? If, if, a, if, a, if a son would ask for bread, would a father give him a stone? He says if an earthly father won't do that, how much more will the heavenly father not do that? If somebody who knows who they are. Oh my, look, look at Luke 10 and 19. 
Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. Then he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he stops. And he says, that's all great and all. That's wonderful. Notwithstanding in this, the next verse. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. How did they know their names was written? Because Jesus just revealed it to them. How do we know? Oh my. How do we know where our names is written in heaven? Because Christ the word, the message has revealed it to us. And now the disciples could go on and say, you know what? My name's in heaven. And somebody could say, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That man over there, the supreme one, the anointed word, the anointed Christ, not just a Christ, but the Christ. There was many anointed men in that day, but there was only one, the Christ. That was the anointed word for that day. He's the one that told me my name is in heaven. He's the one that told me I'm engraved in the palm of his hand. Oh, and this evening, oh, this and this last day, there's many anointed men, but there was only one, the anointed Christ. That's the message of the hour, and that's the one who told you he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you, but he'll be with you till the end of the world. Your name is engraved in the palm of his hand. Y'all started to think about that. So in order for him to lose your name, he's got to lose his hand. And where's his power? In his hand. Where's the man's strength in his arm? So in order for him to lose your name, in order for him to lose your purpose, he has to lose his strength. He has to lose his power. Come on, somebody, and let me give you a secret. He's never going to lose his power. He's never going to lose his authority. So that means he's never going to lose you. He's never going to lose your name. For you're engraved in the palm of his hand. We've got something to rejoice about. You know, we've been commissioned to praise God. Revelations 19 and 5. And a voice came out of the throne. Out of the throne saying, praise our God. All ye his servants. Ye that fear him, both great and small. You praise God. I don't care if you're great. I don't care if you're small. You praise God. Oh my, how come David got a little excited when the Ark of the Covenant was being returned? Because the word had been lost. The word was taken away. And so did the authority of the word. But how come the word was taken away? How come the word was taken away? Because the preachers of that day started to put their ideas with the word. The sons of Eli were sinning. They were doing away with the word. And because of that, the Bible says that God sent a prophet to Eli and says he's going to strike judgment on his house. And there was going to be death on the house of Eli. How come? Because they started to mix their ideas with the word. But you notice Eli's tribe, God had handpicked to be the priests. God had handpicked them. But it was the next generations that started to do away with the word. Just like Wesley came with the message. But the next generation started to denominate and they died. The Baptists, the Methodists, they're all dead. Then there rose up another one with the word of God. But the next generations started to denominate. 
And so the word has been lost in creeds and in dogmas. But you notice the word hasn't lost its power. It just lost its power in their life. What happened? The Philistines came into the camp of Israel and started slaying all the men, slaying the warriors. And it was Eli's sons that says, let us get the Ark of the Covenant and it will save us. Man, they thought the word had authority. They thought it had power and it did. But not in their life because they took their own ideas. Oh, we got too many message people coming to church and saying, why ain't God working for me? How come this message ain't working for me? Are you mixing your ideas with the message? Come on, somebody. Are you mixing what you think is right with the message? That's not going to produce an authority. But the fullness of the word, the pure, unadulterated word, is going to produce an authority. And we know what happened. They got the Ark of the Covenant, and the Philistines came and destroyed them. They were all dead. And they took the Ark of the Covenant back to their camp. But the word of the Lord didn't lose his authority. Because what happened? They put it before the God Dagon. The next morning they got up and that God was falling down before the, Ark of the, uh, before the Ark of the Covenant. So the word of the Lord didn't lose its authority. It still had its power. What happened? They stood it back up. The next morning they got out and the, arm, the, the palms were cut off. The head was cut off. It was nothing but a stump laying there. That's what the word will do when you give a full preeminence in your life. Oh, come on, somebody. That's what the word will do when you push out what you think is right and embrace what God knows is right. Then every devil that comes against you will be a stump. Its head will be cut off. Its hands will be cut off. It will be crushed. That's what the authority of the word will do in your life. So what happened? The ark of the Lord was being returned. It was time for the ark to be restored. And David looked down the road and he seen the ark coming. He goes, my, this is the one I heard about. This is the one I heard mama tell me stories about with Moses and Joshua and this one and that one. I heard these stories of old, but is that coming down the road? What is then? All of a sudden revelation kicked in. This is the one I heard about. Not just for the ones in the past, but it's for me today. And he started to rejoice. He started to shout because the word, the authority was restored in his life. And we know what happened. His wife started to criticize him. And what happened? Her womb was shut up. There was no life she was bearing. You better watch out when you start to criticize life. Once you start criticize life, you may lose life. Come on, somebody. But when David knew that that wasn't death coming down the road, that was life coming down the road. And this evening, this morning, we don't got death. The denominations are in death. You notice Eli's tribe was still dead. They were still dead, but David wasn't dead. He was alive. Because the ark was being restored to the camp of Israel. And in this last day, the denominations are dead. But the ark, the word of God, has been restored to the camp of the bride. You can rise up in authority and say, no devil. I've got a power. I've got an authority. The possessor 
has been equated with me. Brother Branham says, you know, God looked down out of heaven and said, David, you're a man after mine own heart. You know, God looked down out of heaven and said, you're a man after mine own heart. See why? He done lost all of his pride, lost all of us, yet he was married to a king's daughter. But he wasn't even considering it then. He knowed that he was equated with the possessor of the heavens and earth. What brought them together? What acquainted him with the possessor of heavens and earth? The Ark of the Covenant. Come on, somebody. That's why he could rejoice. Because he was brought back to the world, to the Lord, because of the Ark. And why can't we rejoice? Because we've been equated back with the possessor of heavens and earth. Because of this message. Oh my, and now it's being produced in our life. You know, the scribes and the Pharisees asked for a sign. And Jesus said, I'll give you a sign. For as as Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the earth for three days. So whenever he died and was in the grave, we know that his body had died, but his spirit was alive. So in order for the world to know that the spirit was alive, the body had to raise up. I'm preaching this morning because we know the spirit of the Bible. Our brother Branham says that his spirit went to hell and preached to the souls. He went to paradise. So God was alive still, but the body was dead. So in order to manifest his power on earth, the body had to raise up. So the spirit of God has been on the earth. But in order for the world to know that he's on earth, the body has to rise up to the occasion. And say, I'm going to produce the word for this thing. Do you notice how powerful the spirit was in the body of Christ? That even the ones that killed the body of Christ had to realize he rose from the dead. The ones that crucified him had to realize, hey, prophecy's being fulfilled. I put this man in the grave, but now he's alive. Because they came and they told the soldiers, hey, Tell a fib. You tell them that the disciples come and stole their body. Why would they say that if they didn't know he was alive? Even the critics know there's a God on earth. The devil knows there's a God on earth. The demon knows there's a God on earth. How come the body's alive? The body is producing the word. You notice, when the body died, it died with power. When it rose up, it came up with power. The book of the first church went down with power. The first bride went down with power. But this last bride has rose up with the same power. Come on, somebody. The miracles ain't just for the book of Acts. The, day, the signs and wonders ain't just for the book of Acts. But it's for the bride in this last day. And the devil knows something supernatural is taking place. How come he's fighting you and not the denominations? Because he knows something's going on inside of the tomb. You may have been dead in your sins, but he wanted to keep you dead in your sins. But this morning, let me announce to the devil, the stone has been rolled away. The bride of Christ is out of the tomb with the same power, the same authority, the same dominion. And I say this morning, devil, be careful.
There's a powerhouse on earth that's destroying every strong coat, destroying every chain, destroying everything that comes against her. Not only is she destroying you, devil, but she's dancing over your head. Come on, somebody. The devil knows that he can't keep you from destroying him, but what he will do was keep you hack, take away your joy while destroying him. Now you come to church and you're like, yeah, come on, devil, let's fight. I got the message of the hour and you look defeated. You look dead. That's why the devil wants you that way. But when there's somebody that's coming to church and they're saying, glory to God, I'm in the house of the Lord. Devil, where are you at? Sickness, where are you at? That tormenting spirit, where are you at? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't care what you've been telling me throughout the week. You're not taking my praise away. You notice too many times our praise get taken away. I'm just preaching this morning. Hope this is okay. Paul and Silas was in the biggest trial of their life, but they didn't let that trial take their praise away, but they let that trial magnify the power that was on the inside of their life. They started praising God. That authority didn't leave them in the trial. Oh, they needed the they needed the trial to express the authority because as they started to praise God, the prison bars started to break. The walls started to fall down. Those bars started to break. What was it? They knew there was a power on the inside and that power wasn't going to be taken away because of the trial. And they started to praise God. And those prison walls started to fall down. And I challenge you this morning, don't lose your praise in the trial. Don't lose your joy in the hard time. But praise God. And watch God take that circumstance and turn it for a testimony. Hey, we like the testimonies, but we don't like the test that comes with the testimony. But it takes the test to give the testimony. Oh, my. I hope this is okay this morning. But the random says, when truth is revealed, truth is vindicated. Oh, my. We got the truth revealed in this last day. And now it's being vindicated in our lives. We're no longer looking for something to come. But we know it's here. You look at the woman at the well. She was looking for something to come. She was looking for one to come and express this authority. What happened? Jesus came to her at the, at the well and started to read her life. And she stopped and she says, I perceive you're a prophet. I perceive when the Messiah comes, he will do these things. And he stopped and he says, ha, this is somebody that knows something's going to come. She's expecting the word to be here. And he stopped and she said, I am he. She no longer was looking for him to come. She knew he was here. But you notice what she said, what her testimony was? She ran away and said, come see a man who told me all I ever done. Ain't this the Messiah? Ain't this the Christ? So the anointed one she was waiting on, she was waiting for these signs, waiting for these wonders. The signs and wonders she was waiting on was being manifested through her life. Did you catch that? Because she said, come see a man who told me. So the things we're waiting on is being revealed through me. The message that we've been waiting on is here. And the authority is being revealed through the bride. The Bible says that many of the men believed on Christ because of her testimony. 
Oh my. And Brother Brandon would say that the men couldn't even be around her. What made the difference? The influence of Christ changed her. Where no longer was the men, the women running from her. There was something that she had that they wanted. Oh my, you want to get your family member saved? Get in the message. And let the message come on the inside and start to influence you. So no longer are you in the gloom all the time. No longer are you in the dumps all the time. But you've got something bubbling up. That it's, a, it's a well. It's a spring of living water that the world wants. Hey, the world wants something genuine. They don't want to put on. They, want, they, they don't want something fake. The world is looking for a living God. And this message has brought a living God in our midst. Not just in our midst, but on the inside. We're producing the living God. You know, Brother Branham would say that them in the upper room, the reason they got excited was because the prophecy for that day was being revealed through them. That's why they came out staggering like drunk men because the prophecies for that day was being revealed through them. Brother Branham would say, here it is. God's vindicated revelation made plain to them. They was happy about it. God promised it. Here it was revealed to them and vindicated to them. Amen. Here was a man saying, they're saying this is that, this is that. And there it was being vindicated by the same signs. Their stimulation by revelation they really had it then the reason why they were so excited because the revelation kicked in that this is the day for prophecy to be fulfilled you know Brother Branham would say that revelation brings satisfaction so once you get sad or once you see a revelation of this message you're no, look, you're no longer looking for something to come but now you're satisfied with what God has right here with us you see, too many people's not satisfied with what God has given. That's why they're constantly looking. They're constantly looking for something more. That's why, that's why many, many girls put on makeup. Because they're not satisfied with what's been given. They think they've got to change their identity. Oh my, here we go. That's why many boys think they got to fit in with the world. They're not satisfied with the identity that the message has brought. I'm preaching this morning. They're constantly looking for something to fulfill them because their thirst hasn't been satisfied. But you ever get a revelation of this message? You're no longer looking for an identity, but you have found an identity. Oh my, in order in order for you to accept another identity, you gotta push away your identity. Oh, so in order for you, you, you girls to put on pants and put on makeup and cut your hair and go out into the world, you gotta push away the identity that the message brought and embrace an identity that the devil wants to give you. But this morning, your identity ain't serpency. Your identity is the bride of Jesus Christ. That was free. Brother Branham says it brought such a positive to them 
that in nearly every one of them silver testimony. He's talking about the 120 in the upper room. Silver testimony with their blood. No matter what came along, as long as they lived, they never got over it. It stayed there because it was the true word of promise vindicated. The revelation become vindicated. They died sealing their testimony with their own blood. Now look, look at the promise of this last day. Here we see it vindicated right before us. The present coming of the Holy Spirit and the works he was supposed to do is right among us. Oh my, now can you hear it? Something is taking place. I tell you, friend, when the true, sincere, predestinated believer, when light strikes upon that seed, something bursts forth to a new life. Something's taking place. Something is happening on the inside of the bride. It's a revelation. She's realizing that there's a body on earth, and I'm that body that's proclaiming the actions of Jesus Christ. What did, what did Jesus tell the, John's disciples? When he came, they came up to him and said, are, we to, are you the Christ, or are we to look for one to come? And he said, he said, go tell John what you see and what you hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear. The deaf are raised. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. So the man or the, 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 the vindication to John that Christ was on earth was his signs, was the body proclaiming that he was alive. And the, and the revelation or the vindication that God is on earth is the bride manifesting the signs. Uh, but Brother Brandon would say when the bride would get back to a word bride, she will produce the very works that Jesus produced. That there is somebody that is the body of Christ producing the same actions. John 14 and 12, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And the works and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my father. Brother Brandon would say there's always a witness on earth. There's always a body that's witnessed the power of Christ. So Christ is saying here, I'm a witness of the power of God. I'm going off the scene. But the power's not leaving. You're not going to be my witnesses. You're not going to proclaim that God is alive and well. I believe God is still in action in this last day. Brother Brandon would say in action. God in action. Oh, I love that. Not some idol. Not some mythical thought of rubbing a statue. But a real living God in action. Not something that was but something that is right now. That's what God wants to do is take fallen humanity and whip up on the devil with it. When it looks like you're defeated when it looks like the devil's got the upper hand. That's when God likes to display his power. Oh my, you know, you look at the when, when, when Jesus took the little boy's lunch, this was Jesus, the one that spoke, let there be light. That spoke the, the creative word. He could have spoke fish and bread right there to feed the thousands of people. But he wanted to take a little boy who had nothing and manifest his power through. Oh, the devil. God can be here today whipping up on the devil like he did back when Christ was on earth. But he wants to take somebody that can't do it in themselves and reveal his power through. Oh, my. You know, I know there's, a, there's some sports players in here. You know, it, just, it drives a sports player nuts when you got the better team. You know that you got the better players, you got the better ball handling skills, the better shooters, and these little dweebs comes and beats y'all. And you're like, oh, jeez. 
That just, that just like, that takes your man card away. You're like, man, how did that even happen? That's what's happening in this last day. The devil's got the upper hand. You can't beat him in your own. But God is taking some nobodies that's got no ability, got no power, got no authority, and expressing that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever through your life. And the devil's sitting there speechless, saying, I'm done all that I can do, and I can't get him defeated. That's right, devil. That's because the bride of Christ has the power of Christ through her. Oh, let me, let me tell the devil something. He can try and try and try. But Brother Branham says, the first Eve failed, but the second Eve is not going to fall. That's a prophecy that you're going to fulfill in your life. He may try to come with doubts, come with skeptics, come with unbelief, but there's something on the inside that's embraced the message of the hour. And now it's being manifested through your life. I believe God has power to hold young people. I believe God's got power to keep a marriage together. I believe God's got power to to rise up a daddy and a mama that's not wishy-washy, but is on fire with the Holy Ghost. I believe that power is on earth. We don't got to be make-believers. We don't got to be lukewarm Christians. We don't got to be formal. But I believe that the bride of Christ is to be on fire, to be with power and demonstration. And the message has brought that down so that you can manifest it. Oh, that's why there's a group of young people when the other ones are out and smoking, they're out and drinking, they're on pornography. There's some young people that's not out defiling their life because something's taking place on the inside. And now we're manifesting the word where the Branham says, but we've done everything else besides that. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What, what, what's the gospel? Not word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, making the word of God manifest his, the gospel. Oh, my brother Branham would say that the greatest sermon ever preached is a life being lived. Is a life being lived. Something's taking place. And now you're showing the world. You may not got something, but I do got something. How come David had confidence to come against Goliath? Hope this is okay this morning. David had a back. He had a, he, he was anointed with oil, number one. We know what happened. The prophet came and anointed him with oil, which is a type of the Holy Ghost. So that's the type of the Holy Ghost. But that, he didn't just stop there. Then the prophet told him he was going to be king. So now he got a message telling him what he was going to do. And then that produced, that produced a vindicator. His life started to produce a vindication of what he had. The bear came against him. The lion came against him. But they couldn't destroy him because he was anointed with oil. He had the wine. He had the oil. And then he had a message that told him he was to reign as king. So it didn't matter what come against him. His life was just vindicating the message that he got. So whenever he came against Goliath, he wasn't afraid. He was bold. He was fearless. How come his brothers were hiding in the caves, hiding behind the rocks, hiding in their tents? Because they didn't know if they were going to die or not. They didn't know. They didn't have a message come and tell them they were going to be king. But David knew he couldn't die because he had something to fulfill. You can't be destroyed this morning because you've got something to fulfill. You've got a rapture to make. You've got prophecies in this last day to make manifest. 
Oh my. So when David came up against Goliath, he said, you may got a sword. You may got a shield. You come in the name of a Philistine, but I come in the name of the Lord. I'm anointed with oil. I had a message telling me my future. And I don't care what the present state is. I know my future. And whenever you know your present, or whenever you know your future, the present circumstances don't bother you. When you know what's going to happen tomorrow, your present circumstances don't bother you. But if you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, today's going to worry you. Oh, but we got a message that took us back in the back in the future before time into the thoughts of God, into the mind of God. The same message brought us to present day. But that message didn't just stop at present day. But that message went into the future. We know our future this morning. That's why we don't got to be in the dumps. Hey, I heard a story one time. Hope this is okay. Heard a story. Mark Lowry. Anybody knows the comedian Mark Lowry? Oh, boy. That's probably a good thing. But anyways, he was telling a story. and said, it, it, it has got my attention. He says, I survived a tornado. He says, I was in a houseboat. I hope I get the story right. He was in a houseboat on the lake. And all of a sudden, the wind started to blow. The turmoil started to go on. His, his ship was going back and forth. And he was scared to death. He thought he was going to die. And by the time it was over, he comes walking out. There's boats upside down. It was, it's a wreck. And these, there's some other guys down the docks that said, whoo, that was great. We survived another one. And he stopped. And he's like, how come y'all are so happy? We just about died. They're like, oh, you're new around here. This is Tornado Alley. He says, this happens all the time. And he made a statement. He says, if I knew I was going to survive, it would have been fun for me too. We know we're going to survive this last day. So rejoice in the trial. Rejoice in the hard time. We're stimulated by the revelation of our future. You're not going down. You're going up. Little Davids, you're not going to be defeated. But you're going to rise up in power and cut off Goliath's head. Destroy that bear. Destroy that lion. Your future has been known to you. You know what your future holds. So the present trials don't bother me. Hey, I was in England. Me and Brother Andrew was in England over Easter. And in the airport there in Birmingham, I'm looking at all these screens. And this one's going to Egypt. This one's going to this way. That one's going to that way. I'm like, my, it can get overwhelming. Because there's tons of screens, tons of uh, different destinations. But I was only looking for one destination. I didn't care who was going to Egypt. That wasn't for me. I don't care who was going to Hong Kong. That didn't bother me. I was coming back to where I came from. And since I was here, before I was there, there was something drawing me to come back where I came from. And I was going to find a way to get back here. Oh, my. But we didn't, we didn't find a way to get back to the mind of God. God gave us a way to get back to where we came from. The tribulation ain't concerning us. It's not for me. Hell ain't for me. These other things ain't for me. There's only one plane that's for me. That's a rapture. That's a body change. So I don't care what this one's doing, what that one's doing. My future is already in concrete. I'm going back to where I came from. Oh, you notice, before I was ever in England, I already had a ticket back here. Ooh, 
And before we ever came from the mind of God to this present day, God already gave a ticket. Come on, somebody. God already gave a ticket for you to go back. His thoughts are eternal. So before the earth was ever created, his thoughts were. And let me tell you something. His thoughts never change. So whenever you was in sin, you was in addictions, you was in pornography, his thoughts towards you never change. And I don't care what you go through. His thoughts are never going to change. Oh, you know this, David? David was chased by Saul, but that still didn't change his future. He was chased by a lion and a bear. That still didn't change his future. The Goliath came against him, but that still didn't change his future. And let me say this. What David did himself never changed his future. And I don't care what you go through, what you may do. It's never going to change your future. Oh, you look at you see, God's so determined to make sure that your future ain't going to be messed up. You notice uh, Samuel. Whenever he was going to anoint David, he went up to all his other brothers. He said, oh, this is the king. This is the predestinator. This is the one. And God would say, oh, no. Not even the prophet can mess up his future. I don't think you caught it. Not even the prophet could mess up David's future. And let me say, our prophet tried killing himself. Tried shooting himself. Tried grabbing that wire. But not even our prophet could mess up your future come on somebody God wanted to make sure that there was a bride without spots without wrinkle without any such blemish make a rapture and the only way that was to happen was for there to be a message so God got a messenger brother Branham says that God got the perfect man with the perfect nature to match the perfect message for you oh my we think we think that the message is too important for us. Oh, my, I'm a young person. And the message is only for the preachers, only for the parents. That's not true. The message is for young people. Just like it is for the adults. But not even the prophet can mess up your future. And so what makes you think you can mess up your future? Now, now, many people take predestination as a crutch, as a license to sin. That's not what I'm talking about. Predestination ain't to push you away from God. Predestination draws you to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. So whenever you know, whenever you know your future, you know what's not your future. When you know your identity, you know what's not your identity. So whenever the devil comes and says, oh, no, you're not going to make a rapture. You say, oh, no, I know my future. Oh, no, I know who I am. And God's not going to leave us here all by yourself. He's going to make sure our future comes to pass. You see, I was in Poland with Uncle Jonathan one time, and our airline went on strike. That's a terrible feeling whenever you're all the way across the ocean. You're ready to go home. It's the last day. The next morning, you're getting on a plane to come home. And you get an alert that the airline went on strike. You got no plane ticket. You're stuck there. That's a terrible feeling. But that's not a feeling the bride's got. God's not going to say, oh, no, this is too hard. I'm canceling your ticket. No. He's got enough power to make sure. He don't care if the devil's against you, if circumstances against you, trials is against you. He's going to make sure that your ticket is good and valid. And you're going to step into that body change one day. 
and laugh at the devil and say, devil, you thought you had me, but my future is greater than the present circumstances. Hallelujah. Our future is greater as the musicians come. Our future is greater than the, than the present circumstances. And I don't care what I go through. Amen. Devil, you can't do it. You can't destroy me. Oh, my. Brother Brandon would say, when the, truth, when the truth of a promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints, that's filled with oil, they get all stimulated. Wine of stimulation. Glory. I feel it right now. Stimulated with joy, with shouts. When it does, it has the same effect upon them that the natural wine does. Because when revelation has been given, has been given of a truth of God and the true believer filled with oil, the revelation is revealed. The stimulation becomes so great that makes him beside himself unnormally. That's why the world thinks you're crazy. Because the normal to them is something completely different than what God's normal is. But this bride is producing God's norm. Amen. Can you just play something? Can you play that? Can't you see why I'm happy? Let's just bow our heads tonight or this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for, your, for the message that you've given us, Lord. Lord, we didn't deserve this message. We didn't deserve what you did in this last day, God. But Lord, before the foundation of the world, you placed something on the inside to respond to this message. Lord, your prophet said that only the elect will see this message. And I'm so glad that you chose me, Lord, to fulfill the word for this last day. Lord, if there's somebody in this building that hasn't caught a revelation yet, I ask that you would show them who they are, Father. May they get into the message more than they ever have before and see themselves. Lord, once they see themselves, they know who they ain't. We thank you for these things in your precious name. Amen. Can we stand and sing this? I've accepted the word of the Lord. The revealed word that was spoken by the prophets of my fire. Can you sing it again now? you see why I'm happy I've accepted I've accepted the word of the Lord all the revealed word that was spoken by the prophet of God. Can we sing that song, Magnify the Lord with me? I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. And answered me and delivered me from every fear. Those who look on him Already radiant, they'll never be ashamed, they'll never be ashamed. Oh, magnify the Lord. Can we just worship the Lord this morning? Oh, come. 
praise the name forever. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and saved from my enemies. The Son of God surrounds his saints. This morning, that the Lord is good. Oh, blessed is He, blessed is He who hides in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, oh, fear the Lord, all you saints. Oh, He'll give you everything, He'll give you everything. Pray. 
see our name in there. Amen. Not worry about just what somebody said or what somebody thinks. 
Amen. But there's a glorious victory. That day he set me free and he made my heart his very throne. My life is no longer mine. I'm a prisoner of love divine. And now I live. Oh, aren't you glad you can see your name this morning? It's who verse again before we go. I am oh glorious victory. That day he set me free and he made my heart. Oh, he's very thrilled. My life is no longer mine. I'm a prisoner of love divine. See you. 